I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And welcome to this week's episode. Not only is this week's episode so special, but it is our season finale, guys. That is crazy to say. This week, we have NBA All-Star and mental health advocate Kevin Love. We talk about his basketball career. We kick off Mental Health Awareness Month by talking about his mental health journey from his anxiety and depression. And we also have a special guest appearance coming up in this episode. So stay tuned. As always, I cannot wait to hear your feedback. And I look forward to seeing you next season. Thank you for coming on my podcast, Kevin. That is crazy to say. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, I'm glad we got all this figured out and now we're rolling, huh? This is great. I know. I like your hat. Are you a Yankees fan? Uh, I am. I have been a longtime Yankees fan, mostly because of uh, Derek Jeter. But ah. um, also I have an apartment in New York now, lived in, uh, had most of my off seasons in Los Angeles. Summers we typically take to travel around, but the last two summers I've been in New York. So I'm trying to, uh, I guess, become a New Yorker by wearing this hat. But I've been told that it takes you at least 10 years to actually be able to call yourself a New Yorker. So I'm I'm on my way, but I'm still, um, I guess, at a very youthful stage in this. So, 
Well, my cousins call themselves New Yorkers, and they've lived here for two years, so you can call yourself a New Yorker. Okay, I'm an honorary New Yorker, so. I think so. <laughs> Wait, so where uh, is your favorite place in New York? Like, what area? Because I, I live here. Oh, so I'm, I really, really like downtown. I feel like, uh, especially in Tribeca or the West Village or Chelsea or Soho, just because it feels like, uh, even Dumbo as well, you feel like you're almost, you know, in... Europe in some places, like it just feels yeah. like you're in a, uh, you know, a lot different place that you would be elsewhere, especially domestically here in the States. So I, I just love the culture. I love the diversity. I love, um, you know, the people, the food, uh, the list just goes on and on. It's just such a, a great culture and, and, uh, really strong place to feel like you're, you're a part of even, like I said, in my second year, having been here. See, I want to go to California. You should. That's where I'm at. What, what's holding it's, you back? Just go. Oh, trust me. College <laughs> is a few years away. My dad actually went to UCLA. Oh, amazing. There you go. Look at this right here. I know we're not doing the whole ah. video thing, but I have my UCLA hat right here next to me on my desk. So always keep it close to me. Well, not only are you my first NBA all-star, but you're my first athlete on my podcast. Oh, wow. It's very exciting. Again, I feel honored. honored. Likewise. Thanks for having so me. So tell me. I'm probably the tallest as well, right? So that, that would, You're 6'10", right? I'm 6... Well, that's contract height. I'm probably about 6'9". Yeah. Okay. So I'm 5'2 on a good day. Okay. Okay. When... I'm always <laughs> curious. Do you remember what age you were when you reached 6 foot? What age was I when I reached 6 foot? I, I think I crossed the 6 foot uh, barrier probably when I was going into seventh grade. So I was like tw <laughs> 12 or 13 at the time. I only know that because we had our, our nationals was in uh, that year for basketball uh, was in Memphis, Tennessee. And they had, you know, a lot of the tallest players mm -hmm. there. And some, I mean, some of these kids, it's crazy when you're 13 or 14 years old, they're hitting their growth spurts and people that, you know, will go through high school and be tall. And after that, they don't play anymore, but they're, Six five, six six, six seven. I mean, it's really, really crazy to see across the country how many, uh, you know, how many kids actually reach that size. It's wild. How many times a day do people comment on your height? Do you say a lot? But in the circles that I run in and, and the friends that I have, I'm I'm fortunate to not be. Uh, listen, do sometimes do I wish that I had a few extra inches in my height to help me with my sport? Of course, but I actually enjoy being at the. Uh, you know, kind of league average or slightly above. Um, cause then I don't necessarily stick out like a sore thumb. I can still navigate and get my way through public and not have to, you know, worry about that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I can actually still fit in an airline seat, which is nice. So, um, that's lovely. yeah, it's lovely. It's the little things in life. Right. So that's, uh, that's a huge, huge thing for me. Some clothes fit me, some clothes don't, but um, you know, luckily I you can make it work. I cut the sleeves off and, you know, I have a short sleeve shirt. What's the big deal? See, it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. So how have you been amid COVID-19? Are you staying home, staying chill? Yeah. Staying home, super chill. Uh, if you've ever gone on any of my social platforms, you've seen my dog Vestry. She's like the best thing ever. I got her last year. Uh, my girlfriend Kate and I, we got her last year when, uh, when I was hurt. So I had some time to, uh, be at home a little bit more, spend a little bit more time, uh, just here at my house. Like I have been throughout COVID-19. So, uh, 
you know, been able to develop like a, it's such a funny thing. Like it, is, it really is man's best friend. Dogs are really man's best friend. She's like a little human. She's a, she's a Vishla. So she's a Hungarian hunting dog, but they call them the quintessential, uh, uh, Velcro dogs. So she just wants to be right next to you, whether she's eating her meal, whether she's chewing on her bone, whether she has her toys, she's either doing that playing with you or laying on your chest. So it's like a ultimate, uh, like anxiety medicine for me, but also like for, for my job, I'm sweating, making sure that I'm getting exercise. I think it's huge doing this type of stuff, like virtually making sure that I'm communicating. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have dealt with it too, like super hard to get a grasp of because even zoom, I hadn't zoomed until like three weeks ago. And the, yeah, the, my school does Google meet. It's uh, right. And I hadn't done, um, God, what was it? I hadn't done Skype in like 10 years. Who does Skype? Skype? I think it's so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Skype. I think it's overrated. Right. I mean, I was like, I came through clearly, but I'm like, okay, now I have to figure out Skype and these IG lives. I keep sending, like, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. I go and I come back and like, I'm trying to get through IG that. lives stress me out stress. so much because you're just talking to yourself. Yeah. And then there's the delay. That's a, uh, The delay is horrible. And that's a big thing for me too, is like having to turn the camera around now because I'm always like shooting outward and now I have to turn it in and you actually have to, I have to talk and look at my face and keep this conversation going. So it's like a funny time to navigate. Uh, and I'll keep using that word, but coming out of this, I imagine we'll, in the way that we interact, we'll all change in a, in a very, very big way. So in, in that, it's going to be interesting to see the tools and the, and the, uh, uh, the things that come out of it from, from this perspective. Yeah. You mentioned working out. How are you doing that? I am very fortunate because I, I, first of all, I love where I live. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, and I invested just in stuff to take care of my body at the house, like every modality I could possibly have. So I have like a, a stationary bike. I have a self-propelled treadmill. I have a Versa climber. I have free weights. I have bands. Um, you know, I have things where I can ice my legs and so on and so forth. So like all that stuff, I've just said, okay, how can I get the best out of myself even if I'm at home or I have an off day or I want to treat my body? I typically wake up and kind of go through head to toe and say, okay, what do I, what does my body need today in order to function at the highest level? Because if I, if I feel bad in my body, my mind is all out of whack. So I have to, in the morning, I usually take a Ooh, deep breath in and out and say, okay, what do, what do I need today? And it took me a long time long time to figure that out but I'm, I'm thankful that I did especially for yeah my sport but I also don't want to be that old man that's hunched over when I'm 60 70 80 years old and and hardly able to walk I want to be able to play with my my kids and hopefully my grandchildren if I'm able to see that old age to uh um you know be able to be very active and today, did you meet with the team for the first time? Is that what I heard? So we actually did. We This is the second time we've done a Zoom workout together. <laughs> How did that work? <laughs> no, it actually, what was unbelievable was after the first one, I, I called uh, our head strength coach, uh, Derek Millinder, afterwards. And he was the one who set it up. And I said, I'm in. And we you know got about... Uh, two thirds of our team on there. And th- I thought to myself, God, how is, how is this going to work? Like it's, you know, we're going to have all these people talking. We're going to try to have music on. We're going to be trying to do our exercises. But I called him afterwards and said, that was, I said, that even went better than expected. That was great. So everybody was, 
basically saying, let's do it again. So we set it up for Tuesdays and, uh, or the workouts. And then Thursdays, we actually have yoga together as well. So we're finding ways to not only, you know, stay connected, but to stay in some kind of shape. So if basketball does then resume that we won't be so far behind the eight ball, we'll be able to get back into it. Hopefully as seamless as we can during this time. How's bath? Are you able to give like a basketball court? Or <laughs> how are you doing that? No, I, it's funny you asked that too, because I just had a teammate ask me today uh, if I, you know, if Kevin, have you been getting any shots up? Like there's no gyms that are open. This has probably been the longest I've ever gone without doing it since I started playing organized basketball. And that was at a very, very young age. So you should get those hoops that you put on the door. My brother has one and just like, cause that's what he does. He just throws at his wall. Oh, by the way, I, I, I love that. I, but I'm such a child, like, uh, you know, that people tell me all the time, show me the upside of being mature and I'll consider it. Or I tell people that, haha. but it's one of those things where I'd have like the little tykes hoop or I'd put that on the top of the door. And then if like Kate, walked in front of it. I just go and dunk over her because that's, that's like what I did with my dad and did with my brother all the time. Um, cause right next to, uh, uh, actually right outside of my room and my sister's room, uh, we had like a really, really tiny hoop and it was broken down. And if you hung on the rim, it was for sure going to break and it was rusted over. But if anybody walked in front of that, I just go up and just try and dunk on everybody. That's every time I enter my brother's room, I tell you. He will literally – I actually – I don't mean to brag, but I've gotten a few really good shots, and we call it Sweet Shooting Sammy, and I think I could – I don't know. Maybe I could beat you. you, you we'll see how that goes. You know what? You, on that on that hoop, you it would be probably a, a good matchup, but if you try and duck on me, I'm really – I'm going to hard foul you. Nobody is yeah. safe. <laughs> okay, Something I've always been curious about is when was the first time you, like, do you remember the time when you fell in love with basketball? Really since I can remember my, my dad, he was a, uh, he went to Morningside high school in uh, Inglewood, California, and he was an all American there. He was a two-time all American at the university of Oregon and, uh, was the ninth pick in the draft by the Baltimore Bullets, like, you know, hundred years ago, 50 years ago. I think it was, I mean, it was just, it's almost 50 going on 50 years now. So that's crazy. Crazy. So, um, basketball was always in my blood. And I think naturally if you have a, uh, uh, father figure who is, I, I mean, he's, he's my size, if not taller and, um, you know, was really a, a strong man. And he put the ball in my hand at an early age. They knew the doctors knew I was going to be tall and I think that even got me more excited when I had the the presence of mind to understand that, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to be tall. I love this game. I can't get enough of basketball. Um, it was just something that was always, like I said, in my blood. There's, there's no other way for me to explain it other than it just right away it clicked for me. And I just loved having a ball in my hand and love shooting. And even we have pictures. What about it do you love? Um, well, now it's as I moved along in my career was just, it was always the competitiveness and seeing how, you know, how much I could squeeze out of this game. And I still feel like I have so much to give. That's why I, like I said, I invest so much in, in my body and in self-care, but it's, I don't know. There's just some, for me, there's some overall, you know, beauty in it, a, a unique brand of storytelling and you just don't know how these games are going to play out and it's been a wild ride and I've you know enjoyed it so much so let's switch gears for a sec 
As you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and you have been an incredible activist for mental health, talking about your anxiety, depression, and more. You've been in high-pressure situations. That's what your job is. You won a gold medal in 2012 Olympics. You've won NBA All-Star five times. You've won the NBA championship with Cleveland. And I know you've been very vocal on your mental health journey. And I'm curious, because you've had so much pressure as a player, why was it that, what was it, just two years ago, what do you think it was that made you, that pressure come too much and made that panic attack happen? Oh, I think it was a lot of things. And, you know, I always try to establish, and and I talk about the pillars in my life as well as my core competencies. And those, uh, you know, are very much on the same wavelength. So I think it was like friends and family, it was those relationships. It was outside of basketball, whether it be, um, you know, business or uh, other things outside that I was working on, um, you know, things in my personal life, uh, you know, basketball, you know, there's a, a number of pillars that just continued to fall and felt like the world was caving in on me at, at a certain point in my life. And yeah. my anxiety and depression was was something that I I had acknowledged individually and still tried to curb it or make it seem far away. And there was things that I did to do that, especially all the way till I was, you know, 27, 28 years old, when it really came to a a place where it was extremely unhealthy. And I was, um, you know, trying to figure out where I was going to go with uh, my life in general and on the basketball court, but basketball was really the last pillar to fall. And with that, there was, we were going into a season where we had made a a major trade. Uh, We had expectations of being a a championship level team again, uh, going to the finals. And we started out and I had very, very high hopes because I then became the the second guy on the team, the guy that was going to play, you know, uh, Robin to then LeBron James's uh, Batman. So I I, uh, I had a lot of expectations as well as for myself. So we go into the season and we're just really bad. I mean, we're not bad. We're to start the season. We're really bad. So that was the last one to fall for me. And I had that major moment, um, you know, of a panic attack on the floor. Whereas in the past, if I got terrifying, yeah, no, it's terrifying. And I initially thought I was having cardiac arrest and, you know, I couldn't catch my breath and my whole chest is getting super tight and I'm shaking and I end up on the floor. I can't get oxygen. So extremely, extremely, and I can't think straight. I'm like looking for something that's not worst feeling ever. Yeah. It gets me worked up even. Just like talking about it when it happened. (laughs) I'm surprised you've done it so much because people ask you about it all the time. And it's impressive that you recount it because I'm lucky I've only had a few, but it feels like the world is just caving in and it's the most terrifying feeling I've ever felt. Yeah. And it's a fight or flight response where you can't really fight. And so I was trying to get the hell out of there and trying to, yeah. and I didn't want anybody to see, I think that was the biggest, but I was so afraid that people were going to find out that, um, you know, it's, it's like I had something wrong with me or that I was going to be looked at as weak or my teammates couldn't trust me or my livelihood was going to be in jeopardy because, uh, the front, my front office at the, at the Cavs or, or ownership was going to say, Oh, we can't keep this guy on the team or we can't sign this guy. So like my, my first love, excuse me, my first love in basketball, I felt like was going to be taken away from me. And then, so I, I go to, 
you know, after that had happened, I go to uh, the Cleveland Clinic here, which is, you know, a top hospital uh, in the country, I mean, in the world, really. And everything checked out. And I was I thought, well, what just happened here? Um, Isn't it crazy that it's in your head, but it oh, yeah. just takes over such a physical reaction it, that always just really, blows my mind. Yeah. And it just, it kind of lives throughout. And and really my anxiety is is something that I've come to terms with that I'm never going to get rid of completely. Um, you know, I hope in the future that we'll continue to have research and, and, and tools and education that'll, that'll, uh, you know, further that conversation as well as beating down the stigma. But I, I don't think that it'll ever go away for me because it just kind of lives, I know you can't see me on here, but, uh, lives <laughs> in the pit of my stomach and I've just had to continue to try and, uh, change my relationship with it. And the biggest thing I did for myself was look myself in the mirror after that episode and say, okay, you know, I've, I've come this far. I, I, I need some help. So I started my cognitive behavioral therapy and I started, that's what I do. Yeah. I started seeing my therapist two days later, which was quick, which was really quick, but so many things happened. It actually got a lot worse, not a lot worse, but it got worse before it got better. And I think telling my story, and I always say only by admitting, you know, who you are, do you get what you want? Only by sharing and just like playing all my cards and living outwardly did I then feel like, okay, I feel I feel liberated. I feel yeah. more empathetic. I've become a better listener. But I also feel, and this is, I know we'll talk about this in terms of COVID-19. I just feel like I'm part of something bigger. And the community, I didn't realize until I started reading and and absorbing people's stories and listening that it, it's so it's like the the pandemic that nobody's talking about. It's yeah, it's crazy. Like the numbers have trended in such a a really really tough uh, uh, into a tough tough area for so long, and they just keep trending in the wrong direction. And so, when you got back on that court, that right after that happened? Were you nervous? Were you hesitant? I was most, I was most scared of that. I was going to get outed by teammates or, you know, people that worked at, um, on the coaching staff or, um, our training staff. I, I just kind of tried to play it off as best as I could. Cause I felt I needed to hide, hide it. And while people, you know, had, some some of my close friends and even my teammates at the time had uh, some sort of idea that I was really going through it at that time. They didn't know to what extent and to uh, or even have any idea of how far it, it it had dated back. So there was a lot of things that they didn't know. And I was happy that I was able to to keep it that way until yeah. it came a time where I was just, you know, ready to not you know, live in the shadows because that's not the type of life I wanted to live. Yeah. You know, for years, professional athletes have worked with sports psychologists um, on the mental aspect of, of the game, but, and there's never a stigma with that. So I'm always curious why there's a stigma with just therapy in itself. Yeah. That's such a great question. Uh, I think because uh, for some reason it's taboo when it then comes to, uh, you know, anything outside the realm of sports. I, I, I really don't know why that is, but I, I you got to work out your body. So why not work out your mind? Yeah, exactly. And you know, if I, I've seen how chronic inflammation has, uh, hurt my, even my father hurt people close to me, like as they, as they age or get older and that can really affect the brain. I, I think there's such a, a weird, you know, detachment 
issue that we can't decipher between or accept that, uh, you know, treating, yeah, your body and your mind in, in the realm of sports is okay. But outside of that, you have a, you know, look, it's like one of those things that you have a tail or you're different or you're weird, or there's something wrong with you. It's like, no, you should actually feel empowered to do so and understand that like, if you, kill your body, the mind will die. And your, your mind is so powerful. You're bettering yourself. Bettering yourself on and off the floor. And if one is going to affect the other, and it's a constant balancing game, but you're going to be so better off for having, having done so. And I think, uh, I think it's part of the reason is as at least professional athletes were looked at as, as superheroes. Oh, they can't get hurt, but nobody's immune to depression. Nobody's immune to anxiety disorder. You're people, you're a human. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what we're working on at my fund is like early intervention and, and research in, in that, in, in those terms. Cause I think the younger demographic and that next generation is going to be incredibly key, um, you know, in order to, you know, move us forward and nothing robs us of more human potential than I feel like mental illness. It's just, I, it's unbelievable. I agree. Yeah. And there's such a stigma with it. And I'm very lucky because I've had anxiety my entire life. Like I don't, I can't really think of a time. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. So I have just, I've gone to therapy for, I don't even know how many years and I don't know where I would be without it. And I think there's such a stigma with it. I know teammates have talked to you about their struggles, but they don't want to come out. But why do you think that is? And why do you think there is still such a stigma with it, especially mental health in sports, especially basketball? Uh, because I, I think one of the reasons is, and it's such a ground level way of thinking, but I think it's like giving your opponent an edge. I, it's it's so simple to say that, but I think exposing that, um, uh, you know, you almost feel like you're you're out in the wild and you're vulnerable, right? Like you you go down on the food chain and people are going to know mm-hmm. these certain things about you, but also. Uh, a part of it too is, you know, guys are, and men and women are looking for contracts or they're looking for the next thing. And they feel like if, if people know that this is a part of them, that, um, you know, they're going to be looked at differently when it comes time to, you know, get to the next contract and, and, and be able to, to feed their family. But like I said, do you think that actually plays a part? I, I don't, um, unless a lot like, you know, these you know, conversations, you know, from, you want to talk about my father's era again, it's like they grew up thinking that, and they were celebrated as people that, oh, I, you know, I'm beating my emotions into submission and you don't talk about that. And that's, that's just not, yeah, that man up, that's just not something that we do. And that was, you know, I mentioned in my, my, my article that I wrote that it's, it's almost like it's a learned thing. It's like a playbook growing up. I know. It's a total, it's like, it's like a playbook, but, um, you know, while there, how long did it take you to write that article? It took me, I remember when I decided I was going to write it was when I didn't want anybody, I just didn't want anybody else to, to share my story or, um, tell my story. I wanted to be in my words and I wanted to expose it the way that I wanted, wanted to do. And I wanted to tell my truth in a certain way. When I was, you know, doing my research, um, after every practice and after a game, you know, if you lose, especially you're bombarded with questions. And I remember someone asked you and you're just like, we sucked. So like, how does that play into your anxiety and mental health? Because 
if I don't know if I could just be bombarded with cameras and microphones and being asked about how you just played when you're still in the heat of it. Before I went to Cleveland and it was, there were so many expectations and it was a media frenzy and it was a circus a lot of time. And it was like a, it was like a soap opera. It was a reality show. So it was great to, to understand that when I got here. And then I read a book, the, uh, the four agreements, uh, where it was, I've heard about that. Yeah. Be impeccable with your word. Uh, um, don't take anything personal, don't make assumptions, and then always do your best. And just reading that book, it was like, oh, if everybody can do that and see that from all sides, and you can accept that that likely won't be the case, but if people are generally can live by some of those rules, like you're going to be better off. So I just, I was, I try to be impeccable with my word when I speak to the media. Uh, I don't make assumptions. Uh, I don't take, hard, I don't take anything personal if they talk bad about me. And then I just always try to do my best and let, let the chips fall. I mean, it's, it's a pretty simplistic way of thinking, but I, I think the book has a, a very clear and concise way of, of making you understand that. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 562- 
314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think this is a point where we should talk about toxic masculinity because there's such a stigma with that. And I'm actually really excited because I don't know if you know, but this is our season finale. Oh, wow. Um, Look at this. And it just I'm keeps so honored you're here. I know. And so I thought I want to change things up. And my brother, my best friend, and he has been, he's the basketball expert besides my dad. They are both. So I thought I'd bring him on just to add him into the conversation of, because he also plays basketball. He's done it his entire life so i think it'd be interesting mark hello <laughs> what an introduction to the it's sammy j podcast i'm honored to be on here sammy seriously kevin i've been a huge fan for a very long time you're an you. inspiration you. so you've talked about basketball your entire life you're not as tall as kevin but i know you try um what have you faced in high school because you played basketball he was you were the senior captain right Yes. So, uh, 
Kevin, I know we have kind of different stat sheets in terms of accomplishments, but uh, I was a four-year varsity player. I don't know if that intimidates you a little bit, but uh, no, I I do know exactly what um, it feels like to not necessarily be able to feel like you're in a comfortable environment to express your emotions, especially in a locker room environment. Did you ever experience just the toxicity of not being able to kind of say how things were straight up and how you're feeling. So I think the biggest thing that I noticed in high school in general was, okay, so I was never, I was never a like a bully by any means, but sometimes I would, cause I wanted to be accepted so bad or because of how I was feeling, I would try to be, you know, like the class clown or the funny guy. And some of the time it was at other people's expense. And uh, Mark, to your point, um, you know, when I was in high school, I was, I was, you know, I grew up in right outside of Portland, Oregon, but I was kind of a, uh, I was a, a big fish in a smaller pond. It wasn't, you know, the smallest, uh, you know, place Portland, Oregon, but I, I, people didn't necessarily like the way I played or like the success we had or liked where I was from. So if I would go out in public, I would hear a lot of the same things yeah. or, you know, I felt like I had to, you know, Nav- I mean, go through life in, in smaller spaces and make the world smaller for myself. And that was not mm-hmm. a good feeling. And I, that like my social anxiety got so bad when I got into uh, the NBA, especially like my third through seventh or yeah, probably third through seventh year that I wouldn't, there'd be very few times where I'd go places or go outside. And I've really, really worked on that. Probably some cases That's literally by, me. yeah, by exposure therapy, just like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go out know that I'm doing nothing wrong. Cause all this time I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm doing something wrong or somebody's taking a picture of me or, or somebody's going to say something to me or I'm going to get caught up or uh, it's just exposure therapy. Oh my goodness. The hardest thing yeah. I've ever had to do. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of uh, nowadays, you know, and I'm sure it's amplified, the further you go from high school, I was I was being recruited for college ball, but didn't end up playing. And then to the NBA, I'm sure that attention, that pressure amplifies. And with social media nowadays, there's an expectation totally. for middle school hoopers yep. to be posting highlight yep. tapes. You know, like you don't have game unless you're really showing it on video. And that's right. just that's just a ridiculous thing. So being that things are changing for younger players, especially with social media, you came into the league. I, I wrote an article about you in uh, in a uh, school newspaper in fifth grade. It was a couple weeks after you just had a 30-30 game, uh, breaking uh, the record Moses Malone set in 1987. Um, I'm like I'm a basketball junkie, like I live and breathe the sport. And so seeing that happen when I was really young, that was incredible. For those who don't know, a uh, 30-30 game or a double-double is having 10 or more in any uh, statistics. So 10 rebounds, 10 points. Kevin had 30 rebounds. I think it was 31 and 31. Um, so how did it feel to set such high standards for yourself at, at your third year in the league and you're doing, and you're having a 30, 30 game? Like, like how does that feel? Yeah. How do you feel about the future going forward? Yeah, no, I felt, I felt very good about that. Cause I felt, I mean, that was the year I had made my, my first all-star game. And, um, I believe I was 22 at the 22 or 23 at the time. And I felt really good in my game and started feeling really comfortable with expanding it in a, in a game that was, that has changed even radically since then. Um, mm-hmm. It's become so much pace and space and shooting the three ball and getting the shots, uh, getting more shots up and get, you yeah. know, scores in the one twenties, thirties and forties. 
Um, but no, I felt really, really good uh, about where my game was at. And even just speaking of anxiety uh, or even melancholy, depression type uh, feelings, I, I I read a book called Lincoln's Melancholy where Abraham Lincoln, his his depression drove him into great things. And I think my anxiety to you know, have to be in the gym and, and, you know, living out of, of, in some cases, a lot of it was, was fear, but I, I channeled that. And thankfully mm-hmm. I channeled that in such a great way that a lot of great things happened in my, in my basketball game. And, and as a product of that, the, the world started opening up, but now I don't, I'm so much less fear-based than I used to be. Right. But, um, I think that was, well, that drove me into great things. That was also something that, um, was, was really self, self limiting, but this, uh, that was really the start of, uh, you know, yeah, big things that had happened for me. Um, you know, that was in the when, league. that was when in, in Minnesota, that was when you were the number one guy. Oh, yeah. Like that was the, that was a big book was too. A really, I was, I had like 25 more moment. pounds on me. <laughs> I, I was freaking out. That was a big moment. You were coming out with the big outlet passes. Oh, yeah. was, ooh. Um, but for me, you know, seeing you go from, 30-30 games, number one guy in Minnesota. You're playing with Westbrook at UCLA. You talk about how anxiety may have driven some of those performances, but I'm curious, and a lot of players are really bad at you know changing roles with playing with different guys. You've played with Kyrie, LeBron, number one guy in Minnesota. You're the veteran guy on Cleveland now. You're with Westbrook at UCLA. How have you been able to change your roles so fluidly in the league when so many guys get caught up with ego or money or whatever it may be and they just can't they just can't mesh with other guys yeah and with having anxiety as well like that's a change is hard enough yeah i think it was uh just a part of my overall growth i I think that the hardest transition i did was going from yeah minnesota to uh then cleveland and becoming the the third guy with two i mean unbelievable generational type players. So I think the hardest thing was, yeah, I think once I looked internally and had to uh, pass the mirror test for myself, it was more, um, okay, I had some, had some bad habits that I needed to then get rid of. And I needed to, this is the first time I really had to sacrifice part of my game for the better of the team. And I didn't know what that meant. So the learning Mm -hmm. curve was a little bit, um, you know, different than it would have been on a team if I was still going to be uh, the number one guy or even the second guy. Right. So I, I really, and I really had to change my game. Like I wasn't really playing inside basketball anymore where I had really, that was my bread and butter and my whole the game was my changing. whole life. Yeah, exactly. My whole life had, you know, you play inside out, but uh, it took me about just, you know, probably of playing together six to eight months. And then I really started to get it until, and then in 2016, we ended up winning the championship and had a couple all-star years after that. And the rest is history, but that was a, just for the overall growth process was extremely important for me. And off the court, I just, I felt like I had kind of seen everything. And in a way, uh, you know, almost, you know, pretty much done everything with so much basketball left to play. You made the transition so effortlessly going from uh, rebounding four to a stretch four, you know, being able to shoot threes. Because you look at, like, 2015 and what Steph Curry did, and you really look at, like, who influenced basketball. Guys like Trey Young, Lonzo Ball, you know, LaMelo, all those younger players. They wouldn't be here without Steph, yeah. They wouldn't. They were like, he could shoot anywhere Mm -hmm. and it's almost automatic. Yep. That's incredible. So how do you think the NBA is going to evolve in the future? 
Well, it's crazy. We looked at a uh, we looked at a stat this year where in the last five years, post ups. If you just look at post ups, they're down fifty percent in the last five years. So, you know, four oh. four men and five men are stepping out and shooting threes. Whereas I grew up watching '90s era basketball, yeah, where you know you run down Aaron and yeah, you just throw it into the big and then you play off of him. Whereas that's it's more like okay, space the floor. Your one, two, and three come down. They make a play, and you know you just kind of see what happens and try to get the pace. The pace is crazy. The pace is what's crazy. But I think yeah, Steph changed the game. And then a guy that I grew up love, I love to watch him was, and he retired last year was Dirk. I mean, and he was seven foot tall. He was European. He had that major influence uh, yeah. uh, in that regard. But he just stepped out and was that guy playing all everywhere on the floor, but coming down in transition, yeah. shooting threes, playing off the dribble, step back, shooting threes. It was just, for me, that changed the way I looked at where the game was going. And fortunately I had a dad who played and he could really shoot it as well. But he goes, you got to watch this type of guy because this is, you know, he had the foresight to go, okay, this is, this is what the future is going to be right here. Right. And cause, cause you look at that kind of person and that kind of player and it's just, it's like a unicorn and there's so much more of that. And it's so, so I, valuable. I'm, I'm being, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could talk to you about <laughs> basketball forever. As you but, can tell, uh, he likes basketball. I have. I have. A, well, I'll leave you with one more question. Uh, you're a. You're. Depending on the end of this question, you were or you are a Game of Thrones fan. I am. Well, I w- was until maybe the last season, but. There we go. That, that, <laughs> I, I am a. I'm a Men of the Night's Watch. I'm a. I'm a fan. There you go. Um, and I know you are too. I remember a press conference so vividly of you being like, I got Game of Thrones on. I remember that. I got to go. That, that um, was an Atlanta series, I think, but that was funny. Yeah. That was funny. What What did you think of how the series ended? At, at the end, it was just kind of how they, you know, people's storylines got cut, everything got merged together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, sorry, spoiler alert, uh, alert, but like brand to then end up being the king and like yeah brand the broken yeah are you gonna watch the prequel though oh for sure because i'm 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 really into that as well he's been trying to get me to watch game of thrones but i just i haven't committed yeah what you do is you hearing from the ending i don't know if i should you have to get through the eighth or ninth episode where it's um you know sir illin and yeah the whole yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) you just go i'm that's well. That's 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 when you're like, oh, this is a different kind of. Oh, show. this is a different kind well, of show. Here's the thing: I'm scared to try a show where the ending is awful because How I Met Your Mother scarred me. Controversial, not really. That I I don't want to watch another show with the yeah. ending. Is See, just... I I personally love when it doesn't always end the way you want it to. So it like <gasps> it like kind of. Did you it, like the How I Met Your Mother? I like to like be taken to all levels of emotion, and that like just. It takes me like stabs me in the side, but and I'm they, just kill like, off, they kill off the mother. It is hold on, hold on. It's the show's a running, called it's, How I Met Your Mother. It's a running joke in our family about <laughs> people and how we can judge their character based on whether or not they like the ending of the How I Met Your Mother series finale. Uh, um, Kevin, why did you say that? This has been a great conversation, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden we just talk about the ending. Yeah, and, sorry, um, I, I just I blew it. No. It's okay. <laughs> Nobody's going to like well, me. No. <laughs> so thank you, Mark, for coming thank on you. my podcast. Thank you so much for I having me. I have a me. few more questions for you, Kevin, quickly. Very nice to meet you, Kevin. Hey, nice to meet you too, buddy. <laughs> Kevin, you've had such tremendous success, and you've also been through a lot. What would you tell your younger self? Oof. Speak your truth. 
speak your truth. I, I do wish I could, you know, if, uh, uh, something you- that I need to do and uh, some like a project that I need to do is like write a, write something to my younger self, like what, what I would tell him because he was. Could be a book. Uh, it could be a book. It very, very well could be a book. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know had I had the presence of mind at that age to just either take a breath or, or know that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Cause I, I, you know, I had a crisis of hope and I think at, at, um, at that level, Did you have anxiety then? that's at the root of, yeah, all anxiety and, and all depression. I just like, I was just like, God, am I going to feel like this the rest of my life? Like there was some times where like, you know, the, you know, you have that feeling where it's, it's, you get like this dopamine hit and like the clouds, you know, they open up and the sun hits your face and you feel great. But then there's other times where you're like, and you come back I'm, down from it. Yeah. And I'm sweating and I feel this in the pit of my stomach and I don't want to turn the corner because I don't know what's going to be around it. And you make up this stuff in your mind and your mind goes down this dark path. And sometimes you just go to your room and you sit and stare at the ceiling and you're in this dark, dark space for, you don't, you know, weeks at a time. And it's just, I, I wish I could have just told that person that, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Like speak your truth. And um, like I said earlier, like nothing haunts us like the things we don't say. It's, it's normal. I think um, what I hope to see in the future too is, and you've seen it with, with uh, you know, the, the kids uh, in Parkland, Florida with their youth uprise. Uh, they were on here. Of, of, of gun violence. Awesome. They're so awesome. Sorry. I just like screamed. Into no, I know head. they're, no, they're incredible. Yeah, no, they're incredible. And then, um, in actually in Oregon, where I'm from, there was several kids who who had went to the state capitol and, and state legislature and and um, pushed for mental health days. And they get three mental health days, uh, I believe, a semester or quarter. Um, That's needed. Uh, depending on what. Yeah, no, it's super. It's it's very needed. I mean, I can't tell you how many like fake sick days I took because I needed a mental health day. But I really hope that. Um, yeah, kids in in high school or even college undergraduate can see the the type of power uh, that they have in in their words because I think you know if if they speak up and they come out in numbers because there's strength in that that people will listen. Thank you for coming on my podcast, and you've I know you're very busy. And my final question for you is something I was talking about with my brother, and he plays 2K NBA 2K a lot. <laughs> and I was wondering, do you ever play yourself? In NBA 2K. You know, this is going to make... Because I know some people do that. Yeah. I mean, if I have a choice, I... Yeah, that's like the narcissist in me is to be like, okay, I'm just going to see how many points and rebounds I can put up. But typically, you know, if if, <laughs> if I get to pick like teams from a different era or, or you know, some of the best teams ever, I'll typically pick them and then just like try and win at any expense. Because I, I remember growing up, I had a lot of... A lot of broke I was a really sore loser until I had to like learn to not be so crazy in that but still be super competitive just not let anybody see uh it was a lot of broken systems and a lot of broken controllers and a lot of my parent parents yelling at me because uh my brother's system that he just got was broken so I typically try and give myself the advantage in that. So nothing even close to that. I mean, happens. I would if I had, if I was an athlete in a video game, I would totally would. Right. I mean, I feel like, it's, first of you all, have to. yeah, first of all, 
when you first get the game and, and you're in it, you're like, okay, I'm going to go see how, how they did me this or how, how my guy is this time. What is my player rating? You know, where are my attributes? What, you know, what am I wearing? How's, yeah. you know, does it look like me? What's my swag like? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I? It's great. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It means so much to me, and I'm really excited that we get to kick off Mental Health Awareness Month yes. with this because I appreciate so much how honest you are about it because I know mental health is not talked about enough, and it's something that I've experienced a lot and you have. And just thanks for taking the time. Well, thank you for, for having me, and thank you for having me as part of the, the finale. And I didn't know that uh, this was the case, so this is uh this We got to go pleasure. big with the finale. I feel honored. Yeah, of course. This is great. Right? Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And thank you, Kevin, so much for taking the time to openly talk about mental health. And since mental health is such an important topic, I'm hoping that during Mental Health Awareness Month, we can all share our stories and openly talk about what we're going through to make others feel less alone. Make sure you go follow Kevin on Instagram at Kevin Love. And please go look at his foundation. It's called the Kevin Love Fund, and you should totally check it out. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Also, follow me on Instagram at it's Sammy J. That's I-T-S-S-A-M-M-Y-J-A-Y-E. And a special shout out to my brother, Mark, for coming on my podcast. I love you, dude. And thank you for always being there for me. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next time. Bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.